1: You know, you get in your car and you're going to go somewhere, have a destination in mind. Your maps doesn't start working until you start driving. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of like prepping to start their business or whatever it is. And they're just kind of sitting in the car and they refuse to start driving.
0: A studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. This week on the Portrait System podcast, my guest is Emily Drew. Emily is a beautiful photographer in Utah, and she worked her way up to achieving golds in awards, which is not an easy feat. Emily didn't start out right away getting goals, and she even shares about how she was in a not-so-great financial situation when she first started her business. But she did the work, and now she is incredibly successful as a portrait photographer. Emily talks about her goddess campaign, how she conceptualizes her photo shoots, how she gets people to purchase more than her largest package, and how she uses networking groups to get a ton of clients. All right, let's get started with Emily Drew. Hi, Emily. Welcome to The Portrait System. How's it going? Hi, Nikki. It's going great. How about you? I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, Let's see. We got to see each other at the Portrait Masters Conference, which was really fun. It was amazing. That was my first full one, and I'm so happy I got to go. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, it it was really good to be able to sit down and chat with you, too. Like, you know, like, it was kind of late at night. We're just, like, hanging out, chatting, like, You know, just talking personal stuff. I don't know. It's just nice to get to know someone in that way outside of just like, hey, I'm on Facebook and you know, you know, I don't know. Exactly. Oh, that was the best conversation ever. Yeah. It was really, (laughs) really fun. So yeah. I was glad we had that chance. And and that's one of the things I love about the like conferences is that I mean you meet these people online, right? And then you spend all this time talking with them and just seeing them in, you know, the group and that sort of thing. But to be able to actually physically chat and feel their energy in person is, I don't I just love it. absolutely love it.
1: It's incredible. I mean, you feel like you know everyone when you uh-huh. go. First off, like, I feel like I have a built-in family almost originally. Mm-hmm. And then you meet people that you maybe wouldn't otherwise have met. Like, I think when I was talking to you,
0: I just met Ollie, yep,
1: you know, from yep. Germany.
0: Like, when do you get a chance to meet people like that? I know. And it's funny because I just interviewed him as well. Like both of you just sitting there talking with you whenever I was like, I need to have both of them on the podcast. So that's kind of another little bonus is I get to meet really interesting people to have on, you know, on the show on top (laughs) of it, on top of making new friendships. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Emily, let's talk all about you and your story. So take us back a little bit. Were you always a photographer? And if not, what did you start your career with? If you had a career before photography.
1: You know, um, I have such an interesting different journey. So I've loved photography from the time I was in junior high. I think I got my first camera in like 1998 or something. And so I've always been in photography classes, but I never really considered it for a full career for a long time. I remember in high school picking up, I think it was an issue of Vogue. And there was a spread with Annie Leibovitz of Alice in Wonderland. And I think honestly, looking back, like that's where my, what I'm doing now started is there's something in her imagery that just stirred my soul, like stirred my imagination. And I feel like it's always been in me to create a world like she can create that other people can have an emotional connection to or Mm -hmm. feel the story, see the story. Oh, I just, I adore her work. So, you know, photography was always kind of a side hobby for me. I was actually a ballroom major in college for a long time. Like ballroom dancing? Ballroom dancing. is not so funny. I danced in high school. Yeah, I really loved it. And then due to health reasons and some other things, I kind of dropped out of college but I was still doing photography on the side because i had always done, you know, the photography classes. And I remember, you'll like this. So I charged $150 for a whole session for everything <sighs> for seven years.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. For but seven years. But it was the side years. thing, right?
1: Seven years. Because I was, you know, I managed retail. I ended up working at a surgeon's office at the, you know, front desk. So it's always kind of on the side, just whoever wanted to hire me. I did all the things, of course. Natural light only. Outside golden hour, right? That photographer and I realized one day. Um, okay, wait, hang on. Though
0: I do oh. love that look, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I love that natural. look. Now
1: it was just that I had no idea what I actually was doing. I don't know. My pictures were great. Don't get me wrong. And now I guess yeah. If you compare, now, but when you can purposefully light it outside. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm not. I'm totally not digging on the because no, I still I, I still you. shoot outdoors. So don't get me wrong. <laughs>
0: No, I just didn't want people to think that, okay, the reason I say that is a lot of people think that everything that, you know, guests talk about as far as like, you know, how Sue Bryce teaches and just the business model and everything, you have to have a studio and you have to shoot studio light or whatever, which a lot of us do, like a lot of people do. It doesn't matter what your style is or if you're outside or golden hour, whatever it is, you know, so I just like to point that out sometimes. I really was not trying to make it sound like (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Well, and honestly, like, I am so happy I... My journey went through that stage because I learned a lot of hands-on stuff, and I also learned what I wanted to learn. You know right, where my gaps right. and knowledge were. I had no idea how to pose anyone. I was just like, okay, that looks good. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it looked terrible, I couldn't be like, try something else. Like that was literally the direction I gave. And these, especially like with you and other natural light photographers, I see that work. The emotion that you're able to get from these families and outside with that beautiful light. And those connections, like those are my favorite. I actually really, really love that type of imagery. So yeah, yeah not harsh that. Just for my journey, I had this desire to create the images in my head. And as much mm-hmm. as I, I did enjoy what I was doing, but I wasn't getting paid for it. So I was burning out mm-hmm. really badly. And on top of that, I was starting to have children. And I just kind of, in that whole process, kind of lost myself. And I realized one day I have three babies. So at the time, my oldest son and my second son was one. And I had really bad postpartum depression. And I realized how much just kind of, I almost wasn't existing anymore. Like I was being a mom and everything was going into like these babies, but I was also in a really hard situation in life. You know, we, we'd lived in a mobile home park for like 10 years Mm -hmm. um, and just had a really, we were, we were struggling financially, all the things. And I'd really, really wanted to be a mom. I had a hard time becoming a mom anyway. So in that process, I realized, okay, I need to discover myself again.
0: Mm -hmm. And this,
1: this all comes together. Don't worry. No, it's, it's,
0: it's good. It's really good for people to hear the background story because, you know, a lot of people can relate. And if you can, by sharing your story, if you can help one person out there who is, you know, maybe not in a great place financially or having a hard time having kids or everything you just said, like, you know, so don't be afraid to talk about your story for sure.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, so I realized something needed to change. So I took a community, there was a personal development class at our local college. So I took that and for taking the class, they offered everyone a scholarship to go back to the university it was attached to. And so I considered it, I'd actually like the universe, you know, sometimes the universe starts like putting things in our path and we either ignore them or we invite it and receive it. I know this is something I'm learning a lot. Mm-hmm, but, me too. So I was offered the scholarship and then in the mail, they sent out a pamphlet from the university that said that they were opening up a four-year university studies degree. So I hadn't actually finished college. I had At least a couple years left in my ballroom major, I'd kind of switched degrees a little bit at the end. And so I wasn't really close to finishing my bachelor's, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go talk to one of the counselors there. So I went and talked and he was like, oh yeah, like with the classes that you have, you could build your own bachelor's degree, take only the classes you want and be done in three semesters. Wow. I was like, what? Wow. That almost sounds unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was amazing. He's like, it just has to get, you know, I had to jump through some hoops. I had to get approved by a board. Like the classes kind of had to make sense for my career path. I had to see what I wanted to do. So actually my major is dance photography because I had been a ballroom major. Right. I'd taken a lot of photography and that was the career path that I actually really had wanted to do, but they didn't offer it as a normal degree. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool how it happened. Yeah, no so kidding. Went back to school, found I was pregnant the first day. Side note, so that was oh my god, interesting. Wow, <laughs> with my daughter. <laughs> so I went back for one semester, took a year off, and then went back and finished my last two. But it was cool because I literally got to create exactly what I needed. I really wanted to learn studio lighting, more Photoshop. I took I took a lot of advanced Photoshop classes. I took business classes, and it was because I mean, not just dance photography, but in general, like a throwback to that Annie Leibovitz spread. I wanted to create what was in my brain, in my mind. I always have had huge visions. I think that's actually why I wanted to be a ballroom major. I was also in theater a lot. And I wanted to create these beautiful stage productions with the whole sets and costumes and lighting and, you know, the theatrics and emotion. It's really interesting to what I do now. Like it always kind of leading up to. Yeah, this. that's
0: what I was going to say. Because if you look at your work now, everything you just said, it just points in that direction. You know, it points in the art that you create. And and while we're on this kind of topic, you got a gold in our Portrait Masters Awards and accreditation. That is incredibly hard to achieve. I think maybe like three or four each round, if that get a gold. Yeah. I mean, it's very it's not common to get a gold with us. Like I'm still in shock. Honestly, it's incredible. Like when that came up. Oh, uh, I was
1: crying. There's a video.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh, it's so it's, And so for people wondering, you know, what a gold looked like or whatever on your, on your website, and, and I think we'll probably have this in your blog post that we write for that Abby, our amazing writer, writes on Rangefinder about each one of our guests. I'm sure we will have that image in there. So just look mm-hmm. for the blog post about Emily if you're listening, but it's also on your website under your about page. So um, it's the woman holding the chicken. Yes. Which might sound funny to people, (laughs) but it is really dynamic and really beautiful. And so much of your work just has so much, like, just creativity and heart and soul and emotion and perfection. Like, really amazing. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah. I'm just, like, scrolling through some of your work right now, and I'm like, oh, my gosh.
1: I love this. I love what I do. Like, I can't believe this is my career, like, this is what I get to do every day, Mm -hmm. is create. Mm -hmm. Create and connect. Those are my two highest values, I feel like.
0: Yeah. You're in Utah. Yes. What part of Utah? So I'm in the Salt Lake area. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have to talk to you about that, because I really want to do a photo shoot in the Salt Flats. Um, yes, I'm your girl. I know it's kind of like cliche, <laughs> but I am dying to be like, and I also have a salt addiction. Oh, <laughs> so you'll just, really I love it. I feel like I need to be there for whatever reason.
1: Please come. That would be amazing. I also discovered actually this fall, there's an area of the Great Salt Lake. It has pink water. It looks like you're at the Stop. beach. Stop. But it's it's literally salt. So you can go in it and it's warm and you just float. Stop. It's so cool. <laughs> So let's this is have such an adventure a side Nikki. Note,
0: but we're at, we're going to add an addition on top of our our house. Okay. In the Midwest, everyone has basements. Like that's just how it goes. Like Michigan uh-huh. most people have a basement. And our our house does not have a basement. So we just have, you know, we have a 3 bed, 2 two bath house. And I'm like, "Man, okay, this I'm so so sorry if this is boring to listeners, but I'm just going to go for it." So when we <laughs> You know, our kids like to, sh- to share a room. So, right now, they have like a playroom and then their bedroom and then our bedroom. But we, you know, if people come to stay, we don't have a guest room, whatever. So, we're building up on top of the house because we can't, you know, dig a base- basement or whatever. And I was saying to Dan, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want a floating salt bathtub. And he like kind of <sighs> looked at me like, huh? And I was like, if we can have a bathroom that's large enough for me to have like a big circular like some sort of tub where I can just fill it with salt and float, I would be the happiest person. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. Have you done the float pods? The only time I did was for Sue's bachelorette party. We were in New York and we went to Air, it's called. It's like this, um, it's a spa. And it's down below, uh, like in a basement, really. And it's just this old brick, amazing. Like I think they used to have like brothels and stuff down there during the- um, prohibition times like really cool history anyway they have this huge like pool that's just salt and they had to like pull me out of it they're like nikki it's time to go and i'm like i'm not leaving (laughs) i've never felt such a peaceful feeling floating like that it was amazing oh it's incredible
1: and there is something to isn't salt like an energetic healer Sorry, i'm so woo woo Mm -hmm. i love crystals and all of that as well totally
0: Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, Salt Lake um, <laughs> area photo shoot coming up. Let's plan. that. Yes. that'd be amazing. Yes, actually, okay. Sue
1: mentioned that too. So that would be funny. Oh, anyway, sweet. amazing. I'll yeah, her. we'll figure uh, it out. Utah's <laughs> beautiful everywhere. It's such a unique state, and it's so different. Like I'm up north by the mountains, by the lake. You know, you go a little bit more south, there's sand dunes, and then you go down, and there's all the national por- parks and red rock, and down towards the southern end of the state, like it's really. A
0: very cool yeah. place. So <laughs> Okay, I, I have to say one more thing, and, and I know I'm going totally off the rails here today on this episode, but, you know, it's funny how I felt the need just now to explain that we're adding an addition to our house because I felt nervous that people thought I had a huge mansion and I'm adding on to it, and now look <laughs> at me, and, like, I was, like, Braggy Braggerson, so I had to feel – I felt the need to explain that we don't have extra space, isn't that such a bizarre thing? Like, I feel like that goes back to some of my self-value stuff that I'm still working on to this right. day. Why do we worry about what other people think? Isn't that something else? Who fucking knows, Emily? You know, it's just right. like, I don't want people to think I'm like, oh, listen to me. I'm adding on to my house. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> but Nikki, why not? Okay, so I'm going to throw it to my quote right now because it's very appropriate. Do it. It's the same quote that everyone loves by Marianne Williamson, Our Deepest Fear, But she says... Our playing small does not serve the world. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission mm-hmm. to do the same. So, like, why can't we live our big, beautiful lives? Because it only gives other people permission to live their big, beautiful lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, feel I needed like that. Thank you. Yeah. Because you know, you allowing
0: yourself to do that. We're like, oh, hey, I could do that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, I think sometimes people think that certain folks, like, have it all together and everything's great all the time when it's like, dude, I'm, I'm constantly struggling still with my self-value. Yes, I've gotten through it when it comes to business with photography and what I charge and all of that. But then you just hit these different <laughs> roadblocks with self-value, you know? It's like, oh, my yeah. God.
1: But honestly, how boring would our lives be if we weren't constantly shifting and growing? So true.
0: Like really, you would be
1: so bored.
0: (laughs) I know, it's so true. Okay, well, back to like shifting and growing, how you said you kind of went from, you know, not really knowing how to pose and necessarily using like light to its full potential. How did you make this shift from what you were saying about just only outside golden hour to these like gold, (laughs) you know, earning gold and tons of silvers in studio? Oh my gosh, thank you. Well,
1: okay, so school, my lighting teacher was phenomenal. So that was kind of the start. But then honestly, like I graduated and I was still in the same place I was before I went back to school. I still didn't know how to charge. I still didn't know how to pose. Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew how to use light more. But anyway, so right. I found Sue. So there's my story, right? Found Sue, took a while to like dip my toe in the water and start folio building. And then I started shadowing other people to build a business. But then awards. Um, so that really triggered me to start creating for myself, which I don't know, it was just such a huge catalyst for me to connect all the pieces.
0: So, so award, like entering awards, you felt just made you come to a whole other level creatively. Exactly. Interesting. Because okay. I love this.
1: For me, like my client work was very different from what I wanted to create for myself,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, my visions,
1: you know, for that work. I was like, Oh, I, I need models. You know, I'm starting to combine the two, but it was just a very different intention. So yes, at first I kind of entered some client awards, but it was my more creative client work that I was entering. And then I started to do model calls and create other things that I was trying out, you know, like Mm -hmm. for example, last year I had some models and we rented out this really cool restaurant. They have a basement that's kind of Prohibition era, whatever speakeasy style in the basement. Mm -hmm. We did this pirate shoot. Awesome. That's
0: so fun.
1: (laughs) It was so fun. You know, but then I've started to create more and more story based and concept based work too. Like not just beautiful, like playing with light, playing with fog, playing with color, creating mood. Like I'm really starting to shift into conceptual designs, Mm -hmm. especially I'm going all over the place, Nikki. ADD, yay. ADHD. trust me, I get it. You're good. All good. Keep (laughs) Um, going. I love it. I realize I love my work and I'm so proud of myself and I continue to grow, but I really want my work with its original intention to really say something, Mm -hmm. um, to really stir you, to really tell a story, to really get you thinking. I think the first image I created that with was my mannequin image. If I don't know if you've seen that. Does
0: it have like the joints are really like vintage style mannequins? Yeah. So it's got a bunch of dress forms. I guess technically they're not mannequins,
1: but a bunch of dress forms. And it was interesting. But this model came in. Okay, I'm backing up. So I had a vision of that image like a year before I created it. I highly recommend NAPS. That's where I get a lot of inspiration. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Like when you're in that half-awake state, sometimes... Thoughts come together in a way Mm -hmm. they don't when you're fully conscious.
0: Interesting. But I had
1: this vision just kind of pop in my mind and I kind of wrote it down and, you know, I scribble sketched the idea and kind of stuck it. I put it in like my notes app so I can think about it later. Anyway, so I had a model call because I was creating a bunch of work. I really was very excited to get my associates in the Portrait Masters. And so I was just creating a ton of work at that period of time specifically for works And this model came in and she was perfect, like for this concept. And I wasn't even planning on shooting that concept that day, but I happened to have all of those dress forms. She happened to be this like perfect subject for this. She happened to fit the outfit that I was thinking. Just everything kind of came together in a way that that image came about. It was incredible. It's amazing
0: when that all works out. Right?
1: I love it when like you have an idea and all of a sudden the pieces just start coming to you from everywhere.
0: It, but, and I'm glad it, that is something you entered, right? I'm trying to think. Yes, I'm, I'm yes. Trying, so that was my oh, first yes, color. I see it right here. Okay, yeah. this, <laughs> is not the image I was, this is not the image I was thinking of. I am on your, so when you are an accredited photographer, just for those listening, there is a page where you can search for accredited photographers. Anyone can, like the public can search for accredited photographers. And in there, I just came to Utah and I found, you know, Emily Pearl, like Emily Drew, and I'm able to see like some of your like just twelve to sixteen of your images, and I saw and I saw it there. And I'm glad you're talking about how this is something you thought about for a year. Like this took a lot of conceptualizing, and I think sometimes people get discouraged when they enter like, oh, I only got a bronze, I still haven't gotten a silver, or I didn't even get a bronze or whatever people who get golds this isn't just like willy-nilly enter your client work I mean this is it is an intense amount of thought process and creating right
1: yeah oh absolutely absolutely like this and I light up more and more about it like honestly at some point I want to get to the point where that's pretty much all that I'm doing is creating conceptual
0: images Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because,
1: I don't know, because it's art, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's healing. It's healing for me. And I feel like it's healing for people that see it. And my concepts are getting more and more elaborate to the point that I've actually started to hire more mentors specifically to help me create this type of work.
0: Yeah. Now, let's talk about how this translates to your business. Because if these are not, you know, this is not work you're necessarily creating for your clients, how are you making a living?
1: So people see my work. They see that I'm winning awards and they want to work with me. Like it Mm -hmm. legitimizes that I am a good photographer that can create concepts and make you feel and look beautiful. I don't know. It has translated for me. I think it's just the idea that other people also see my work enough to give it an award Mm kind of translates mm -hmm. to, oh, this is a photographer that I can trust and I will, would love to pay a lot of money too to create images for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know, I actually do that with my clients. I create a vision for them specifically. Like all of my sessions are very customized. Even if you're doing branding, like I'm sitting with you and really getting to know who you are, how you want to be presented to the world, creating, honestly, most of my shoots have unique elements to them. Which is funny, my hair and makeup artist laughs because she's like, it's it's super interesting whenever you walk into a shoot because I never know what you're going to bring. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But I'm really getting to know what they want. And as I'm talking to people during our consultations, I usually get some unique ideas. And usually they're super on board to try them or they get really excited because I've created it around inspiration I've had from talking to them, if that makes sense. Or we're co-creating right. it. Right. Yeah. But yep. but painting that vision, I mean, that's how I don't know. That's I keep getting more and more of these clients that really want something unique, that want me to create wall art for them, that are even on board for trying fine art concepts or more unique concepts, even if it's just part of their
0: shoot. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. Okay, I have two questions. One, how are you finding these people who want to create these concepts with you? And two, what is your like bread and butter of, of how you make a living? I'm sorry, those are two totally big and different questions, but however you want to tackle those, go for it.
1: They're big, but they're similar too. So I've created a following. So people are following my awards work and just my normal work. I mean, I'm not always good at posting. I'll be honest, that's something I need to be better at but I have a lot of champions for what I do Mm -hmm. and they plan on working. So uh, I actually have quite a few repeat clients. So maybe they did a shoot with me. They were in my 40 over 40 and I had several of them come back and for their second shoots, we're doing something more unique or creative, if that makes sense. Yep, Yep. Or they're specifically like, I really loved this type of look that you did. Can you create something similar for me? Yeah. And I pitch it to them, you know.
0: Yeah, I talk to them about it. Something, just a point really quickly that I want to bring up that I talked with Kate Douglas in another episode that just came out recently. The same thing, she gets repeat clients. And I was like, Kate, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that, you know, getting a photo shoot, oftentimes people are nervous. They don't think they're going to like it. And then they do it with you and they're like, hell yeah, that was fun. Like, what else can we do? Like, do you think that you provide such a great experience that they are now willing to do something completely different and exciting? Yes,
1: absolutely. Like for me, the experience is everything. I guess that's my bread and butter is creating experiences for my clients because I don't feel like I necessarily have a specific genre right now. A lot of people come in thinking they just want branding and end up doing like beauty, boudoir, something else, but you touch on it really well, they are nervous that first shoot and they have such an incredible time. And then I start talking to them about other ideas that we could do. So I'm kind of planting seeds, I feel like during each step of the process of other ideas we could do. But once I opened up the idea in my own mind, it was a lot of mindset work actually, that I could take thousands of dollars from someone and that they would want to come back in less than a year and do it again. So- that was mindset work on my part to even start asking and start being open to the idea that people would want to come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the reason I'm bringing it up this time is I think sometimes people discount that past clients will come back and do another shoot. And don't forget about those people. They're already on your email. Like, you already have their email information. They've already paid you money. They already know the experience with you market to those people because if they can become repeat clients your life is so much easier (laughs) they're your raving fans
1: i mean Mm you you betcha they are telling all their friends about you when you give them that great experience when you're truly connecting with them when they feel like a million bucks like yes they're telling everyone but they want it again Because the next time they're going to be like, okay, I'm very clear on what I want this time. (laughs)
0: Yep, yep. And sometimes we need to plant that seed. Like not everyone is going to all of a sudden think, oh, I need to do another one. Like plant that seed. You know, hey, Emily, it's been two years. When are we doing your next shoot? I mean, you could literally send that email to every single client you've ever had Okay, some are not going to book, and some are. Law of averages. Like, don't be upset if you know you only get a couple, but a couple is better. But you'll than never nothing.
1: get an, a yes if you don't ask. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's possible, but it's a lot more rare.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even offering like you know something, a special bonus towards like, hey, if you do an next shoot, like if you get the middle package, I'll give you you know. I'll bump you up to the bigger package or the session fees on me this time or, you know, you don't have to do that. But things like that, like because you're such a valued VIP client, the session fees on me or, you know, I'm going to give you a $200 gift voucher or, you know, just something to entice. Like that's also an option. Exactly. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Emily, let's talk about, I know you've done a 40 over 40 campaign, but I think your most recent campaign is the goddess campaign.
1: Yes. Tell us about that. I would love to tell you about that. So... When I did my 40 over 40, I actually had a lot of women that were like, but I'm not 40 yet, and I want to do it. And I was like, okay, don't you worry. I'm going to create something just for you. Awesome. (laughs) And I've always loved the idea of goddesses. I studied mythology in high school and just this concept of the divine feminine in all of us and that we're all just so powerful and so beautiful. And anyway, so it, Between like people asking for a campaign and my love of that, it all kind of came together like, hey, why don't I do a goddess campaign? So I made it smaller. So I only did 12 women and I let it be whatever they wanted it to be. Whatever their concept of a goddess was, is what we did. So some women came in and we did like the Grecian look or like the halo and the fluffy robes. And some of them did like, you know, badass leather, or even just boudoir. Like it was really fun to talk to each of them and, and understand what their concept of being a goddess was and <laughs> create that around them.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I just wanted something unique and it was any age. So I had women over 40 in it as well as those under. And then I'm doing a goddess party instead of doing a big gallery like I did last time. It's going to be a really intimate party with just the 12 and we're doing like a sound bath and making flower crowns, and each of them will get an infinity dress to take home. We're going to do a group picture, it's just going to be really, really fun and different. But I, campaigns are interesting because I feel like a lot of people hop on and do the same thing as everyone else, but it is okay to create a unique campaign based on what you're interested in uh-huh. or what you I feel like, like you're more create. likely to sell it that way, exactly, because you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And I have like 500 more ideas I'm not going to talk about right now, but, you know, I'm starting to build them in the future. And I know people have said like, oh, but isn't that kitschy that you're always doing a campaign? Like people know, like, yes, that's how I make money. And I make that very clear when I talk to people. This is not something that's free. This is something
0: I'm passionate about that I do make money with. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Emily, you know, do you charge people? Is it free? And then they have to buy prints if they want them. Like, how how do you structure it? Um, So with my original
1: 40 over 40, I did, oh gosh, it was like a $300 fee and included way too much. Don't do that. (laughs) And I did have a large percentage do like one image or just a couple images. Anyway, so learned from that a little bit better. So then with my goddess campaign, I did a 750 session fee with a $500 credit. And pretty much everyone bought a package with that so I'm still deciding I'm actually launching another round of 40 over 40 because I have a full wait list but I might structure it to where they can't buy they have to buy a package okay. um, yep. instead of just doing the session fee in one image so
0: yeah and it seems like I feel like you're kind of at that point where this isn't your first campaign it's you know you know what you're doing and yeah that makes sense
1: yeah well my first one my business was new and I really just needed to get people in the door
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
1: And it launched me so much. Like, I mean, I hit six figures the year after I started it because of that campaign. That's fantastic. half that campaign was that year, right? And how are you advertising it? It's word of mouth. Like, honestly, it's all word of mouth. I joined a lot of networking groups, especially high value networking groups where I paid in to be there. Mm -hmm. And I just made friends. Like, (laughs) I really try to go to those and not sell. I just create relationships and at some point a lot of people want to work with you you know and i'm referring business to them and using a lot of them for their business as well but it's all through networking groups is how i advertise honestly i tried running a campaign once and it flopped and i did go on my local news for each campaign um okay. but honestly i don't feel like i got
0: leads running from it those. as in like what do you mean running it, like, through, like, Facebook ads and that sort of thing? Yeah, Facebook ads. I just tried once, and I need
1: to learn that. I need to go take Ashley's course or something. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ashley Taylor, her course is amazing. She's She's got it down. That's for sure. Okay. So I, I liked what you said there about groups that you had to pay into, because if other people are you know, valuing the group and paying, not that we have to spend thousands on it, but if you're paying money to be in a networking group, people are more invested. You know, instead of just like the free chamber or whatever, you know, it it just, it feels, I don't know, just feels like you're likely to get clientele that's more willing to invest. I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but. That's the conclusion I came to
1: because I was in some free ones and just, people would kind of flake even if you were going to lunch with someone you'd have to reschedule mm-hmm. a bunch of times it's just the high value ones i feel like people are just more invested it's a lot of and it's a lot of kind of my ideal client luxury entre- entrepreneurs high end whatever you say like entrepreneurs who are really invested in their businesses mm-hmm. or who target people that i'm targeting as well or people that are high level in their like regular jobs or ceos or whatever I don't know. It's just, it feels, the women I've met are just so high powered and inspiring in those groups.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Yeah, very (laughs) cool. So how do you structure your packages? Let's say, I'm assuming that with your regular clients, not part of the campaign or whatever, you have packages, is that right? Yes. Okay, so tell us how you structure those. So I
1: just shifted it a few months ago. So right now my session fee is six fifty. dollars and it includes a five hundred dollar credit, and my individual images are five hundred each because I still have to create that image, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if they're buying one. Um, and then my packages are five images for fifteen hundred. Oh gosh, I should have this in front of me.
0: <laughs> Ten <laughs> images okay.
1: for twenty six hundred. Fifteen images for thirty seven hundred. Oh no, no, twenty images for 3700 And then 30 images for 5500 And I've really bougied up that black label package to where that includes like a 24 by 36 and the behind the scenes video and credit towards wall art, percentage off wall art. So I make that big package look really good. And actually, I'm surprised I've been selling that big package way more. Like my top package for the first Oh, two years I was in business was 3000 So they didn't even have an option to buy more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now that they do, I'm surprised at how many people go for that top package. And I give them the option to buy more. So I let them add on 10 packs for eight ninety after that. And awesome. people are taking advantage of it. And I used to sell myself, I mean, my first $5,000 sale, I think I gave them 200, 200 images because I was just so happy that they were paying me that much money. Wow. And it was so much work. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And I gave them like five pieces of wall art and it was kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, totally. And like you said, if you don't give people the option to go higher, then why would they? Like giving them that option is crucial.
1: No, I was talking to my, I have a, a marketing gal I work with and she's like, Emily, you need to add on a whole day option, make it like 12 grand. And they just get a whole day experience with you. They get you know, a nice dinner, nice hotel stay, maybe a limo. Yeah. <laughs> Wear one of your gowns to dinner, but just make it an option and see if people buy
0: it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and do they? I haven't started oh, it you haven't yet done it yet. Just, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, sounds pretty fun to me. <laughs> right. But there are those
1: people who will look at your work, they love it, and they're like, what is the best thing she can she's offering? I mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. Just immediately without even questioning it.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: So why not have it on there? Absolutely, And then it makes all your other packages look really cheap for everyone
0: else, right? <laughs> right. Yes, the psychology of selling for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about the equipment and gear and lighting. Like, let's geek out a little bit on what you shoot with because, you know, like you have won so many awards and you just really bring it all to the next level. So I'm, I know people are wondering what you use.
1: Okay. Like, I don't know. I feel like for me, gear is so... What you use is so secondary to understanding kind of how to how use to it use and it the emotion 100%. you're going for. Yes. Yeah. So That's I mean your wise like,
0: Disclaimer, totally. Yeah.
1: Playing. Honestly, like you gotta go play and see what happens when you shift the light this way, when you bounce it off of something, mm-hmm. when you shoot through something, when you oh, one of my favorite tips I got in school and during my internship was go bring your camera, like set your lighting however you wanted it. Go around the entire subject with your camera. Because you never yes. know when you'll like how the light is hitting them from this side. Oh, I'm behind yes. them. And this is the coolest shot ever that I wouldn't have thought. And try yes. like changing perspectives, like getting up high, getting really low. You know, you can play with lenses and things too. Oh my god! But really just trying something different versus that like, okay, I'm standing in front of you at this angle, you know, Mm-hmm. I height, whatever it is. <laughs>
0: I, I just did, okay, so I have a Facebook group. And I just posted, I wanted to hear if people were afraid of shooting in full sun, because I love shooting in full sun when I'm out, when I'm yeah. shooting outside, you know. I love it. Anyways, a lot of people, most people were like, eh, I avoid it. Like, uh, oh, not exactly sure how. Anyway, so I had my son, I just did a little demo, and I had my son standing outside. And I did exactly what you did. I just turned him every which way. And shot with the sun coming from the right, from the left, backlighting him and having it directly on him, and just looked at the difference. And it, it exactly what you said it's going outside and practicing and playing. And sometimes people will say, Well, which direction do I bounce the light? And I'm like, Oh my god, I have no, it depends on do you have other ambient light, like what other yeah. colors of your walls, how much like. There's just so many different variables that, yes, we can 100% give you guidance and tips and that sort of thing, but get in your space or outdoors or wherever and play and practice. And that is what is going to make you an amazing photographer.
1: Exactly. And it's empowering when you can figure it out for yourself. I mean, absolutely. Like, while you're learning, I love when people post the settings they use and exactly yeah, how they yeah. lit it because it's kind of can be a starting point for you. But mm-hmm. then change something, you totally. know, try something new. Yeah. Oh, gear. I meant to talk. So I shoot with a Sony a7R three. Oh, cool. Um, and honestly, I got one lens. So I used to shoot Canon and I wanted to try Sony because I like playing with video as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: I got that in 2020. And I have one lens right now. It's just a 24 to 70. It's a, a Tamron, but it does okay. a good People, job.
0: Are you hearing this? Like girlfriend is getting <laughs> bolds with a Tamron, which Tamron's are, they're really great lenses, but you know, like yeah. some gear snobs yeah. would be like, oh, Tamron, like it, but it doesn't matter. Need, like you don't need a lot. You don't need all the fancy stuff. Like my, my 85 is the the Canon 1.8, it cost me less than $500. And I have had this thing for like eight years. And 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 is it like your favorite?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Once you figure out, you know, and yes, like I love fancy lenses and stuff and I'll get there. But for right now, like that's all I need. Like, and Mm -hmm. I did the 24 to 70 because I do photograph dancers. I do photograph families and I need to be able to go wide. Mm -hmm. But honestly, most of the time I am on that 70 length. But because I like the compression. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Lights. I use Godox lights. Gaudix 600s or whatever those nice. are. Mm-hmm. I do use Profoto umbrellas. I love my giant, what is it, five-foot umbrella. And I double diffuse it, thanks to Sarai. Nice. <laughs> uh, awesome. She taught me that. Um, and then I just, you know, I use them in a lot of different ways. I like to play with hard light. I like to play with gels. I really recommend investing in heavy C-stands so that they're safe. Please yeah. make sure you're safe in your studios. Mm-hmm. And that's something good from school that I learned is how to um, keep your clients safe in a studio, like making sure you're taping down your paper, making sure you're using sandbags. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Their safety is very important. And I think some photographers are kind of cavalier with their clients, so please be careful. <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. it's, uh, no, it's, um, it's important to talk about that. It's, yeah, Yeah, but that's really, that's the basics
1: of my gear. Right there. And then obviously Very Photoshop. Cool. I'm huge. I mean, I feel like half of my work, uh, it's only half done in camera. I love my editing. I love okay. editing.
0: Yeah. So yep.
1: And I've spent a lot of time learning different skill sets and, and I'm always continuously learning. That's the most important thing for me is always learning something new.
0: Sure. Sure. Of course.
1: Now, do you have a studio? Yes. So I just moved. So now I have a big boat, external boat garage that I've created. That's going to be my own studio. Nice. I've started shooting clients in it. It's still not totally put together, but that's okay. I had a little commercial space before that I rented out to other photographers, but it was hard because I'd have to haul all my gear and backdrops and dresses and whatever I wanted to use to the studio every time.
0: Oh yeah. That's hard. So by the
1: time you're done doing that, it can be hard
0: to get in a creative place. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Another good (laughs) point. I'm really excited
1: to have this space now. So,
0: very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I loved this. I loved our little chat, getting to know you more and just hearing about everything. You brought up so many good points. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Nikki. I appreciate you. You're always (laughs) really great in all the groups,
1: too. So, I love this community. Love it. This is definitely my happy place.
0: So, uh huh. It's a great place to be. That's for sure. Um, Okay. But I do have a couple more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one for you is What is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Okay. This is really funny. I really love my fog machine.
1: Oh, no one's (laughs) ever said that before. (laughs) I I know. I'm like, I could say all the usual things, but um, I love my fog machine. So a lot of my, especially my fine artwork, um, that kind of haze cinematic look is because of my fog machine. I mean, I don't look at your work and think, that looks foggy. No, like, how but that's, <laughs> yeah, really, I should probably have a haze machine, but, you know, I'm a little ghetto and I just do the fog and then you have to fan it out to just get the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. Like, I don't usually use, like,
0: the fog fog. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. No, I <laughs> in love imagery. it. Awesome. <laughs> it's more for atmosphere, so. Cool. All right. Number two is, how do you spend your time when you're not working? I have three beautiful kids. I love to spend time
1: with them. And then I've also started to pick up some of those hobbies that I used to have. I realized my whole world is photography. And so I was like, okay, what other things do I like? So I've Mm -hmm. actually picked up ballroom dancing recently again. Oh, that's good. So that's been really fun to start. And I'm going to be taking voice lessons from an opera singer. Oh. Yeah. And then I'm a, I love reading and I'm obsessed with movies, like obsessed. I can watch movies every day, all day. I just love, I don't know, seeing whole worlds created and stories mm-hmm. and character development and music and lighting. Like I love all genres of
0: movies. I really love sci-fi. Like, I don't know. I'm a movie. That's awesome. Movie horror, you can say. <laughs> I'm such a series girl. And there's so many series lately, which I don't know, like just the creative directing lately in some of these series like have you seen the show um severance yes it's on apple oh, it's tv so interesting isn't it like yeah because co- sue told me to watch it she's like george and i just finished this like you you and dan have to watch it and i'm like okay so the first she's like just get through the first episode or two and we were like enthralled and one of the things i loved about it i mean it was just a great show in general but with the color yeah scene. do you know what I'm talking about with like yes. the green and white and brown and blue I've never throughout. seen anything like it no yeah I was just like in a trance by it. like this is just so so well done and then of course the handmaid's tale with the way they I love that like, oh my gosh okay the so red and yeah I
1: cannot okay so I actually normally watch my tv while I'm editing I know it's probably mm-hmm. bad but I can't handle no, lag time yeah. so I binge yep, a lot of shows yep. That one, I could not, like, I had to sit and watch that one. Oh,
0: my gosh. Every episode.
1: Because the visuals were just, I mean, the story and everything, too. But the visuals are just insane.
0: I remember it was, like, (laughs) it was the first season. And I had just had Dre, my second son. And he was, like, two weeks old. And I was nursing him. And Dan and Van, my other son, were in bed sleeping. And I was up nursing him. So I was just watching it. And it was one of the episodes, sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone, but where she gets to see Hannah, her daughter, and then they take her away. And I was sobbing, like, (laughs) like, and Dan, like so much that I woke Dan up and he came out, you know, my hormones, I just had a baby. I'm watching this like woman get her kid taken away. Anyways. And Dan's like, babe, um, I wonder if you shouldn't, watch this show anymore because I was so and I'm like but babe look how beautiful the design and the lighting and he's like what the like are you serious right now and I'm like I can't stop watching I can appreciate that yeah and it's also inspiring like when it comes to creating our work like seeing the color schemes that I've seen lately on certain shows has been very inspiring to me
1: no me too it's incredible
0: yeah Sorry, I didn't mean to just turn that. No, into no, a story no. About me. I
1: love. I'm with you. I'm the same. And great TV shows too. Obviously, not just movies. Yep.
0: But okay, yeah. movies. Is there anything else that you want to add to that before I do the next? Um, movies. Session? Oh, I was just gonna say. I also am really excited to travel. I travel.
1: So I went to the Graphy Studio Workshop last June
0: mm-hmm. with you.
1: That was so fun. Amazing. Um, so that was my first time out of the U.S. That was my first passport. And it's funny because I've always wanted to travel, but I've always either, you know, I was going to go to China when I was like 19 and I did not Um,
0: (laughs) kind of psych myself
1: out. And just, there was always other things in the way. So I'm really excited to travel more. You know, I'll be going to Germany in January. I'm going to do Italy again next year. So I'm just starting to travel and I'm I'm excited to take my kids traveling too. So
0: yeah just wait till you see some of these countries like you're I mean I know you just saw Italy but oh, gosh, oh, it I just, died like, it was the most up.
1: perfect first
0: trip ever <laughs> oh, oh the food and everything oh, yes. everything yeah, yes yes very cool all right so I know you already told us your quote for number three so let's go to number four which is how uh, what would you tell people who are just starting out take the leap oh my gosh so It
1: is honestly the scariest thing you will ever do, but it's the most worth it. Like I've met a lot of people recently. I'm starting to work with people, and they're just frozen. Like they they think they have to have Mm -hmm. a perfect portfolio, a perfect studio, perfect gear, all of these things in place before they can start. And I would, I just just start, um, Mm -hmm. start scared. You will learn it as you go. Like you like what's the worst thing that can happen? A client says no, or a client doesn't like your work. So then you have Mm -hmm. to analyze and be like, okay, well, I need to work on this area or work on my mindset or work on, you know, whatever it is you're running into. But starting is the biggest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, that will change everything. Oh, I wrote something I wanted to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a book I'm reading. Um, It's Meant for This by Erica Werner, I think. I don't know. Um, But she talks about, you know, you get in your car and you're going to go somewhere, have a destination in mind. Your maps doesn't start working until you start driving.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So I feel like a lot of people are kind of like prepping to Uh start their business or whatever it is. And they're just kind of sitting in the car and they refuse to start driving. Right. It's like analysis paralysis. Totally. Exactly. And everyone that I've talked to that's in their business, everyone's like, I wish I would have just started sooner. (laughs)
0: yeah if that makes sense gosh that's so true it's so true Uh, you would never be where you're at today I would never be where I was at today most of the people I interview on here would never be where they are today if we didn't take action and just fucking start you know like somewhere just start somewhere exactly yeah and it does not need to be perfect awesome great advice yeah, yep,
1: and yep. and I would say things I wish I would have done at the beginning is try to have some organization in place. Like, start using a CRM or a way to organize <laughs> your clients. Start organizing uh-huh. your finances because honestly, you'll start and all of a sudden it blows up. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if you don't have things in place, it gets a lot harder to get it organized. If yeah. that makes sense. If I could go back,
0: I would have. If that I could go back,
1: 100%, and then also I would like that have a supporting cast. Don't try to do everything yourself. Mm -hmm. Like assistants are good, accountants, things like that. I did want to mention, I work with, for my dancers, I actually have hired a dance coach who knows how to help them get the correct angles and keep them safe and all of the things. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it because that can be applicable to a lot of different areas. Because I am not like, I did ballroom, but I never did ballet at a high level. You know, she is the professional in the dance world. I'm the professional photographer. So it's working together. We can create a lot better images.
0: That's so smart because I think about, you know, if you, if you photograph a dancer, it, okay, let me back up. When I was photographing, Dan had a bunch of friends in from out of town to ride his BMX jumps that he built on our property. And I was taking photographs of them, you know, in midair flying over these jumps. Right. And so I'm showing him all the photos. I'm like, what about this one? He's like, meh. And I'm like, um, why not? It's like lit really well. Right. I love the experience. And he's like, it's just, it's like my bike should be more flat. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, You know, and luckily I had it on high speed continuous. So it was like, you know, so I was able and he's like, oh yeah, this one's better. You know, whatever. Same thing with dance. Like, yeah, dancers, if they're not in the right position, they're not going to want that photo out there, just like with exactly. BMXers. They if their, need their, their foot is curved in- wrong. Yes, or yeah, totally. Their
1: arm extension isn't the right angle. It's... Yes. They don't want it. So smart. Incorrect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome. fun.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. Where can people find you online, Miss Emily? Um, Emily Pearl Photography
1: is my website. I'm also under Emily Pearl Photography on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: So So your name is Emily Drew, but your business is Emily Pearl. So my middle name is Pearl.
1: So that's my business name, just
0: to clarify. Yeah. So all my business stuff is Emily Pearl. Yeah. Sweet. Well, hopefully I'll see you again soon. Are you going to WPPI, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. Awesome. (laughs) I'll see you there for sure. I'm speaking again, so. Oh, uh, I will see you there. I will be there. <clears throat> awesome. excuse me awesome. fighting for the front row so <laughs> <laughs> i love when there's friendly faces in the front row it's like oh, oh you do such an amazing job i'm gonna be on that Thank stage you. someday so watch yes out. <laughs> you are hell yes you are i honestly i i don't and I, I i don't think it's too off in the distant future i would think i mm-hmm. mean Thank you Nikki. really have built an amazing name for yourself and career and all of it so Thank you so much. It's awesome. And you're just nice and fun. (laughs) That helps too. I love life. (laughs) Um. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Emily. I will see you online up until March for WPPI. And yeah, yeah, we'll talk soon. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.